0: Hello, this is your producer, Paul Blackwell, a.k.a. Babyfoot Blackwell, a.k.a. P. Blee. Due to a tape malfunction, the first half of today's episode was lost to the sands of time. We apologize to Mr. Ronnie Eaton and all of you listener folk out there. Without further ado...
1: This is First, Last, Best, Worst, the only podcast recorded on a Tascam
0: 4-Track cassette tape. We explore the craft of songwriting with our guests as they perform the first, last, best, and worst songs they've ever written. I'm your host, Carl Banks. I'm Taylor Rogers. And I'm Paul Blackwell. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the show.
1: Can we talk a little bit about um, just Texas? Because... That's It's its own uh, kind of unique musical place, and we I don't think we've had anybody on from Texas. So what was it like playing music there?
2: Uh, Texas is cool. It's really easy to stay busy in Texas. Yeah, um, playing music? Yeah. Uh, so like that was my full-time job there, and mm-hmm. uh, it was really easy to stay busy, you know, three yeah. or four nights a week. Uh, Where are you
1: playing? Mostly in Lubbock? Uh,
2: in Lubbock, uh, Amarillo, Fort Worth, would you, would San you play Angelo. Did
1: you ever play the Golden Light Cantina? Yep. Yeah,
2: I love those guys. There's some really yeah. good friends of mine that, that, that run that bar. Right. Yeah.
1: That was I lived there for like nine months, and that was the one place that I I would play every once in a while. And I remember at one time I got booed
0: there. <laughs> really? The time, yeah, the only time I've ever been booed,
1: and it was because I played Garth Brooks. I play or I played Friends in Low Places because I'm oh, like you
0: were you were trying to pander. I and, was and it backfired totally because they were like, and
1: I went to the bartender because I didn't know what to do. I and it was everyone's having a good time, and then I go over and I'm like, what what the hell was that? And he was like, that's Nashville country and it's garth brooks so like it's like a double whammy we don't like that you can't play it here and so then i went and played some willie nelson and then it was like good uh, to go <laughs> but,
2: it's it's a weird thing like texas is very anti nashville there's mm-hmm. a lot of that going on which is like whatever the i i, I see a lot of parallels in nashville country and texas country mm-hmm. like thematically and lyrically like you're singing about beer cans and tailgates you're just not doing it with a fake beat right like you know whatever yeah. uh and more of a gravelly voice. Like mm-hmm. It's just it's like, you know, being able to sing like Merle Haggard doesn't make you Merle Haggard, you right. know, if you're, you're still singing about I feel like Texas might be matter, a little
1: but, bit more funky. I'm thinking more of Willie and his band. They it, were, they had some, a little bit of funk to it at it, times, It you depends
2: know? on when you, live. Willie Nelson did a reggae album
1: right. like 10 That's, years ago. Yeah. And it's,
2: <laughs> it's actually like, sounds like on paper terrible, but it's actually really cool to listen to. I like it. I, I'm, I'm a big Willie Nelson fan. Yeah, so. he's
1: my hero, so uh, I love anything, everything he does.
2: Uh, we finally found one we agree on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, cool. but, but I mean, it, it's all over the place. And you got a lot of metal bands and I'm friends with a lot of those guys. They're doing really cool things. Uh, uh, but primarily the circles I ran in were like around a lot of like Texas country. And
1: would you do like songwriter nights and stuff? And uh, like-
2: so I had a, I had a residency at a, at a place back home. Like every Sunday we did a, uh a, a sunday song swap mm-hmm. so i'd bring in another songwriter that was a friend of mine or that i'd heard about or that a friend of mine told me about and just go and one for we one one for one yeah, yeah so back and cool. forth and uh that that was really cool and then blue light is kind of like lubbock's golden light it's mm-hmm. like where like you know players go to play like right. you, if you're serious songwriting because every monday night my friend jerry serrano hosts a, a songwriter night there in lubbock and it's no
0: cover so you can't play
2: any covers, and there are no nope. covers. <laughs> That's good.
0: <Yeah. laughs> cool. Well, let's uh, let's move on to your best song.
1: Was this one easy to pick? No.
0: Because uh, I don't know. Because I'm like my own worst critic,
2: and I'm always like, man, that sucked. It didn't turn out like I wanted it to or whatever. And so I asked several of my friends, like, what should I play? Oh, cool. And everyone said <laughs> something different. Oh, really? <laughs> so uh, I, I just picked this one, uh, mostly because it was my favorite song off my last album. And this guy did a review of the album, and he loved the album, but he hated this song.
1: It was, no, was like,
2: man, no, no, it was great. Like, the review was great. He gave it yeah. 8 out of 10 points or stars uh-huh. or whatever the hell, And uh, uh, which, which was really cool. But he just hated this one song, and I thought, man, but that's that's my favorite one. I would <laughs> rather you hate every other song and love that one. Whatever. Okay. So I'll, I'll do that song. It's called We Sing Hallelujah.
3: Well, I got a feeling there ain't no guarantees. Stand at the ceiling, wishing you were here with me. With all the wrong I've done feel like I'm always on the run We sang hallelujah at the top of our lungs And we stood in the cold till our faces were numb We were living proof that the good die young We sang Hallelujah at the top of our lungs And we ran through the night Like a thief with the gun When I needed you You were always on the tip of my tongue The south wind is calling Yeah, it's calling out my name and I feel like I'm falling But in the end it's all the same I think it's time to leave. I just don't know what you need. We sang Hallelujah at the top of our lungs. And we stood in the cold till the faces were numb in living proof that the good die young. We sang. Hallelujah at the top of my lungs And we ran through the night Like a thief with a gun When I needed you You were always on the tip of my tongue And I can't hardly breathe I never learned how to grieve now I can hardly breathe without you next to me we sang hallelujah at the top of our lungs and we stood in the cold till our faces were known we were living proof that the good die young we sang Hallelujah at the top of my lungs And we ran through the night Like a thief with a gun When I needed you You were always on the tip of my tongue I got a feeling There ain't no guarantees
1: That was rad
0: Thank you. Yeah, so what why why did you select that one? What what about that one to you makes that your your selection?
2: Uh I mean I, I could be cheap and just say that I just like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's actually the, totally valid. I mean the the recording turned out really cool. My friend Callie Weeks sang the harmony with me and she recorded all of her parts in Tennessee and like sent them to us. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool how that came together. And, like, that whole album, I just had, like, all my friends come in and play on it. You know, what like, was the name of the album? Uh, it's called <laughs> It's called The Hand That Mocked Them and The Heart That fed mm-hmm. Where is does that fr- come from? It's from a Percy Shelley poem. Okay. So the whole album is about, like, doing that, that Sunday song swap, I got to be really, really close friends with uh, uh, some Marines back home. Mm-hmm. And uh, those guys were in the search. Like, they saw shit in, like, Ramadi and uh, Fallujah. And, like, they were, like, you know, so... I kind of wrote an album. I kind of, I wrote an album that, um, kind of tells their story coming back. Okay. Like what it's like, cause like listening to them talk, I, I can't understand what that's like and what, what that feels like. So for the opening track of the album is called another war. Cause my friend Tyler back home, he would just sit at the bar and just like put his head down and like, look sad. And be like Blaker, what do you need? Like what do you need Tyler? And he would say, I need another war. And for me, I can't wrap my head around that because the war sounds like terrifying and scary, Mm -hmm. but for him, that's the one place where he felt like he had purpose and meaning and a reason. Mm -hmm. And like back here, he's going to school with a bunch of college kids and he, which he's like five or six years older than, and you know, he injured his hands really bad and can't go back. So he like literally feels like he has no meaning or purpose because he's not fighting so So i wrote a whole album that's about so how
1: do you approach that as a songwriter do you do you approach it as fiction or do you try to say exactly what he's he says a
2: little bit of both because i didn't want to get too personal Mm -hmm. because it's not my story to tell you know Uh,
1: yeah that's what i'm wondering
2: but uh but also like respectful in a way that i'm like trying to hopefully Mm -hmm. um, you know properly represent their experience was he you
1: aware know. did you like talk to him about it
2: yeah yeah so like I, i've worked on that album for like two years and uh it was really a labor of love and um so I, I when i wrote that song i sent it to him so that that song is kind of about him and another friend and mm-hmm. like kind of mixed the character together with two guys gotcha. the whole the whole thing is like those two guys i kind of put into one person mm-hmm and uh, I sent that song to them, and they were both like, wow, you know, like yeah. these big, like, pro wrestler-looking dudes, like, crying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, so how would you guys feel if I did a whole album that was, you know, like, that song the sets theme. the stage, and then I tell the story of, like, every, the experiences, you know. Right. And they were like, "That yeah, we would be honored. So, and they really dug it, so.
1: Amazing. So it was
2: it was a trip. <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's wild. Uh, I'm, Mike, I'm just curious, did you, are you a religious person just cause this song contained the word hallelujah? Did you uh, ever go to church? Did you y- play y- music in church? Yeah,
2: I still go to church. I love Jesus. I go to church every Sunday. You still do? I also, Sorry. uh, yeah, yeah, I still do. still do. do. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah. Um, no, man, I, that's a big part of my life too. I mean, but, it, uh, does it
1: influence you musically? Did, are uh, I don't. It's I don't think so. Th-
2: I think for for me specifically, that song. I I took the character. So like, you know, the the old adage is like like create a character that you that you love and then do horrible things to him. So that song specifically, I don't think anybody really got it because I wasn't real direct in the storytelling. That's not the way I write. So mm-hmm. the guy in the story, his girlfriend had killed herself. So you know, he's like, you know, I can't hardly breathe. I never learned how to grieve. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, so like to me, like one of the most. Uh, like sentimental songs is like, you know, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we sang Hallelujah at the top of our lungs, but that's not a religious song, but I'm sure there's plenty of contemporary churches playing it before their first Uh, worship song. (laughs) There's there's allegory
1: Uh, in it, you know? Yeah.
2: I, I don't know. Wasn't that song about him being an atheist living with a Christian woman?
0: I, I couldn't
1: tell you exactly what it yeah, was. it's it definitely is. not that it like it's not it's verses. definitely
0: not like a song appropriate for a church though
1: I've definitely played it in it, a church <laughs> really yeah at a wedding before because it
0: seems like a, a, an extremely when he even says like sexual, know, song you know, maybe
2: yeah. there's a god above but right. all I've ever learned from love is how to shoot somebody who I'd dream yeah like right. it, it's, yeah. it's real. I, it, it almost seems like like dismissive "Hallelujah" the way he sings it. You yeah, know, like, I saw, like I Jeff saw, Buckley's a little bit more spiritual about it, but mm-hmm. Leonard Cohen was kind of like sarcastic or dismissive.
0: Right. And like, yeah, and like yeah, the I mean, Yeah, it it always seemed like sarcastic to me. I guess maybe the Jeff Buckley version did kind of like soften everyone's perception of it's it. It's the guitar tone, man. So yeah. It, yeah. Got, it got yeah, it got him. <laughs> yeah, it got him. <laughs> it,
2: it <got laughs> <on. laughs> too wet it's too wet. <laughs>
1: Um, well, so, you were recounting a story earlier, and I want to get to it oh. about uh, you were doing this universe. You had you were doing a gig, and Universal Music Group was there.
2: Yeah, I mean there were a bunch of people there. So our, our my good friend, she does like management for some people. She called me up and she said, uh, "Can you be in Nashville on this date?" And that was the day after I was going to get home from LA, like doing some things. Like, oh shit, uh, yeah. So I flew into LA. I flew from L.A. to Lubbock, got to uh, Lubbock, and then uh, one of my best friends who plays guitar in my band back home, he was like, I'll ride in Nashville with you, keep you awake. I'm like, oh, cool, dude, thank you so much. So me and Cash, his name is Cash Taylor. That's not a stage (laughs) name. That's his legit, like, that's on his birth certificate. His parents... Dested him for stardom he's he got called like like uh the next stevie ray vaughn when he was younger he's been playing guitar since he was like 10 years old yeah and anyway so we we drove to uh nashville 16 hours straight didn't do any real stops or anything Got got some cheap burgers at mcdonald's or something got there like, super exhausted and, you know these guys these songwriters that, that i was playing with they uh agreed to let us stay at their house which is very generous and i appreciate it mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> Uh we get there and the guys are like like, "Oh, you you want to you want to drink a beer?" I was like, "Dude, I'm exhausted. I have a headache and I'm tired. And I, I don't I don't really want to drink. Just point me to the air mattress and I would like to cuddle up mm-hmm. with Cash and go to sleep." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, we got whiskey." And I said, <clears throat> <Same. laughs> what kind of whiskey do you got?" And he said Jameson. And I was like, "Well, hell. <laughs> Let's start drinking." <laughs> so we started drinking. Me and Cash pretty much drank all of their whiskey and like an hour, because <laughs> we were thirsty. <laughs> and, the road uh, is tough. Yeah, I mean, because it it's like sixteen hours. That's bullshit. That's ridiculous. We <laughs> yeah. should have done that in two days. Anyway, so uh, we drank all their whiskey, and like I was like, well, "What else we got to drink?" And like, well, drank all all of it. <laughs> so I was like, "Ah, shit!" So I like I'm the jerk here, so I pass out and go sleep. So the next day, they play a song for us that they wrote. and It was called "Beer Season." And like I was telling you guys earlier. Um, I guess like sometimes I make faces when people tell me so. Like I have uh-huh. no poker face. I could not right. be Lady Gaga, <laughs> and um, the uh, the guy was like, oh, I could tell by your face you didn't really like it. And I said, Well, <laughs> no, okay, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's not my style of music I listen to. But like for me, like you said, beer season, and I immediately think of hunting. Like your right. your hallmark pun is deer season, deer season. Right. and it's going to be like this big like you know i'm hunting for beers or whatever you know mm-hmm. and it was about it wasn't about that it was about football like eight <laughs> ounces <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it was she like it was like ball. eight
2: ounces down three yards to go, or whatever I, I don't remember but um he was like he was like well uh uh, you know, we really don't know uh, a whole lot about hunting. <laughs> and I so I'm thinking in my head, it's like, we drank all your whiskey in an hour last night. You don't know a whole lot about drinking either. Yeah,
0: but you managed to the fuck
2: fucking But team. yeah. What, I mean, and th- those are really good dudes. I, I like them a lot. Yeah. And their song got like, like 600,000 streams on Spotify or some hey. shit. And that's great. More than uh, I got. Yeah, same. I, I broke a thousand and I was like, man, pour out the champagne. Things are looking up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I have a lot of stuff for that. You know, a, a lot of, I think a lot of people just want to fit in, mm-hmm. and I've been guilty of that before too. Totally. Like you just want to, want you want you want people to like you right. when you when you play your songs. And uh, the older I get, and I'm like super old now.
1: You're uh, not. You're definitely not super yeah, old. I'm pretty old.
2: Eighty five. But that's mm, fucking old. Eighty seven. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, you
1: look good. Thanks. Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was about <laughs> to ask you if you were compliment.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, and I've been guilty of that too. Like, I want to write this song cuz I I hope people will really like it. So Yeah, well that um,
1: I feel like that's really no way to approach uh any creative endeavor. I mean, maybe if you're try maybe if you're into advertising, it's a good way to approach something, but uh if you're trying to write from the heart and write something that you could be passionate about, I mean, I don't think that appeasing people is the way to go. So, I, yeah, yeah obviously. So
2: like I know I know a guy back in Texas who was uh, a really good songwriter. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy that's a little bit of a lesser known songwriter invited him to go to Fort Worth and play a gig with him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Well, I'll go. It pays, you know, like, you know, 200 bucks. Like, I'll go. Like, you're driving your gas. Like, I'll right. go with you to play this gig. So they get up and they play this gig. And they were expecting a, a guy with the pedal steel to be there well the dude set up his pedal steel apparently i don't know the whole story but he set up his pedal steel but wasn't present Mm. and so they're playing the crowd's kind of unattentive nobody really cares so my friend says this guy comes up to the stage my friend that's a really good songwriter he said um this guy comes up to the stage and he says hey you mind if i sit in on the pedal steel and he said, dude i don't care what you do like get on there and it's not mine Mm -hmm. get up there and play it's like this dude sat and he played the most beautiful pedal steel for like four or five songs. And our other friend disappeared. And he was like, he was like, Dan, you know, get back up here and and play this song. Like you got to play with this guy. He's phenomenal. Uh So he gets back on stage and he's like, I don't know what to play. And he's like, dude, just play the first thing that comes to mind. Like this guy is like, he's clearly a pro. Like play with this guy. And he, he gets on his guitar and gets on his mic and he goes, scooby dooby doo. Where are you? We've got some work to do now. And the guy behind the pedal steel
1: put the bar down it is. and stepped
2: off and walked away. And just
0: left. I got nothing to do He's here. like, I'm not doing Scooby-Doo.
1: So
2: my other friend, he got off the stage like, and yeah. chased him down. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to bother you, but like, you're a really good pedal steel player. You, mm-hmm. you don't play pedal steel that well and not have a story. And he's like, well, you know, I used to play with Garth Brooks and I was in his touring band for a long time, moving to Texas. And I was checking out the bar scene and seeing what's going on. Uh And he was like, Holy shit. Garth Brooks pedal steel player just played with us. (laughs) So they're driving back home and it's like real awkward, quiet. Uh And, uh, One friend looks at the other friend and he goes, man, I think I fucked up tonight. And he was like, hell yeah, you fucked up. You played (laughs) Scooby-Doo,
1: Garth Brooks' pedal steel player. Why would that ever pop in your head to play? That's fucking... I mean,
2: don't get me wrong. I love Scooby-Doo as much as any
0: other American.
1: (laughs) Well, that's probably
0: the worst possible pick. Uh, How about you play us your worst song? (laughs) This was not easy, guys. Yeah, we've all got... A lot <laughs> I, have, I
2: have a lot of them, and unfortunately, I've released a lot of them um, but this one um it's completely meaningless, and it was more of those like like people pleaser songs like I just wanted people to like it, and I was like, see so like so many like really, really dark and sad songs, obviously mm-hmm. and i I wanted to do something that was a little bit more major key, a little bit more like you know so kind of like Changes of sad but a little bit more something people would want to listen to like and not just get bummed out so i like cranked this thing out and it ended up uh being on an ep that i was not happy with the recording it was released through a record label that i was not happy with the way the record label handled us or did anything with us and it was like so i don't like the song but it's more that i don't like everything surrounding it right like that year and a half or so was just like you know we did a music video for it and you know the music it turned out great but it's a shitty song Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the worst
2: uh yeah so <clears throat> and then uh my son pointed out to me not too long ago that it sounds a lot like an avid brothers tune so hopefully they don't ever sue me for it <laughs> they're uh, big fans yeah i bet uh so this one's called darlin darlin
3: Darling, darling, please don't go There's a fire in my heart but my bones are cold And I could be better, honey, I know Darling, darling, please don't go The same old moon is shining down on me And I've been so good at playing make-believe Come on, baby, let's count to three. Well, darling, darling, please don't go. There's a fire in my heart, but my bones are cold. And I could be better, honey, I know. Well, darling, darling, please don't go. Go singing in the trees, but they ain't a honey like you and me. Come on, baby, just wait and see. Oh, darling, darling, please don't go. There's a fire in my heart, but my bones are cold. And I could be better, honey, I know. Oh, darling, darling, please don't go. The yeah, ideal love is such a foolish thing And I've never been good at catching dreams I've always had something up my sleeve and Darling, darling, please don't go And There's a fire in my heart but my bones are cold And I could be better, honey, I know and Darling, darling Please don't go, darling, darling, please don't go, darling, darling, please don't go.
1: That was Darling, Darling. That
2: was Darlin'. Darlin'. <laughs> so how do you feel <laughs>
1: playing it now? Uh, it's been a very long
2: time since I played that. I actually, had to go back over it this morning. Oh yeah, you know, like re, relearn it. Like, oh yeah. Well, thanks is.
0: for sharing. It does sound a lot like that one Avett Brothers song, uh, Brooklyn, 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 Brooklyn. Brooklyn let <laughs> let <me laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> but that was that was probably written before that.
2: Uh, I don't or know. Maybe man. around the same time. Maybe around the <laughs> same time. I don't know. Might have something, something
0: in the air. I think. <laughs>
2: in the ether I think with me anyway I don't know if this is likely for everybody but sometimes some other songs accidentally creep in oh for sure yeah like, like I don't know I wrote this really cool song and I was like man this is really awesome and I, like, I played it around for a while and then um uh, <clears throat> got to going back and listening to some stuff and i realized that i totally ripped off hollywood by rustin kelly it's like <laughs> yeah. oh man
3: yeah that's the worst feeling our, uh, everyone does that our, uh, our,
1: one of our past guests pete ayers wh- the worst song he chose was one that he realized was had, midway through writing it that it was a uh, stevie wonder song <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like well goddamn, i just wrote it over the stevie wonder tune but i'm trying to picture the the uh uh, music video. I- I'm picturing like maybe some some kind of a filter on it where like somebody's walking away a lot.
0: <laughs> uh, you're, you're not too far from the
2: truth. So I'm
1: walking through this
2: old uh, uh, pawn shop flea market place in uh-huh. Lubbock. It's like really huge. And a friend of mine like plays the girl. And she's like, wind, like just out of reach yes. everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, you should be a director. <laughs> I've been saying that for years, but nobody listens. Get this man a
1: camera, <laughs> right? Man, this has been so much fun. And yeah, I man, thanks you so much here. for joining. Yeah, thank you yeah. for having me. Giving us this, this really cool fun. perspective of you know, you know, Texas music, and then Slayer. Well, I don't think we've had anybody on that fucking, admittedly. Slayer was like one of their you know foundational bands and then the, you know Metallica and stuff like that I mean that. like to
2: this day I still like will regularly listen to Dead Skin Mask yeah
1: so <laughs> do you listen to Metallica regularly? <laughs> yeah
2: yeah I, their last album that came out I was like I was stoked for it it's really good it's yeah. like it sounds like something that should have came out between Injustice for All and the Black Album yeah but uh, yeah I mm-hmm. like I like all that stuff I usually like will check my guitar to a Metallica song or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Harvest One of like the
1: first beat. riffs I ever learned was the uh, that one where you're doing, you just kind of do the E minor, and yeah. then it's like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, <laughs> Yep, exactly. That. Yep, that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: What song is that? That's nothing else matters.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, you got anything to plug? uh yeah Uh, he says coming up here in new york yeah i'm at the way station Mm
1: -hmm. um he's checking his phone here (laughs) Turn my
2: phone off because paul told me (laughs) yeah we had to to. uh but yeah i'm at the way station uh in a couple of weeks in july yeah and where can people uh ronnieeaton.com it's on there it's on ronnieeaton.com yeah yeah like all that stuff
1: are you and you're on spotify
2: spotify itunes amazon music google play what wherever you can find find music on the internet. <laughs> yeah.
1: i know it's constantly changing
2: yeah and it was it's been cool like this year has been really cool like you know i i, I love lubbock and i love texas and like i know like a lot of people, when they leave, they're always like, "Man, fuck that place." I, I really do. Like, yeah. I, I, I love the music scene there. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just for a lot of different reasons needed to come here. And, um, uh, so I'm. Th- this year has been crazy. I released an album in January. It just had a, a friend of mine that's a writer for like Billboard magazine. Just mm-hmm. called it one of the thirty best records of the year so far.
1: And I was like, Ah, oh, yeah. I
2: don't know if that's true, but I will we'll <laughs> yeah, take, take it. you'll Take it. Um, and then uh, moving to New York and like trying to figure that out. Like, Speaking it's really of New crazy. York,
1: is okay. We got July 28th uh, at the Way Station, okay. Yeah, and then Ronnie Eaton August 12th at the Bitter End, the world famous Bitter End, where everybody's played.
2: Everybody, I heard that uh, Lady Gaga played there, yeah. Lady Gaga, <laughs> she did when
1: she did dive a dive bar tour. I mean, they got Jerry Jeff Walker painted on the wall. No, shit. Mean, yeah, it's that's cool. cool. It's the type of place that also is like eight bucks for a seltzer water. So, you know, yeah. I whatever. will
2: not be drinking any seltzer <laughs> water. That I, uh, but I released the album on vinyl.
1: So at all oh, those cool. shows, I'll have, awesome.
2: have vinyl for sale and, you know, t-shirts that aren't tank tops for sale. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, well, this has been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, man. Really cool. Thank you we, uh, we met at porch stomp a couple weeks ago and it's fun to hear your songs. And yeah, yeah you I got mean,
0: a, you got another one you want to play us out on or? Uh, Sure, man, I'll, I'll play you out on a song. The song is called mid October.
2: The last red lights on the
3: windowsill Remind me I've got no more time to kill Your voice was so gentle when you said you'd leave I read your note and I saw your tree Well, I'm angry and I'm sober it's cold in mid-October, and I'll be home when I get there. I'll be home when I get there, I'll be home. They see in Vegas that don't, when it don't last, and you can get drunk from an empty glass. I never thought that you'd take it so hard Till they said they found you in the lumberyard Well, I'm angry and I'm sober It's cold in mid-October I'll be home when I get there I'll be home when I get there I'll be home It hurts like hell and it just won't stop. Never won't keep saying that it's not my fault. It hurts like hell and there's no wind inside Another empty glass and another cold night. Well, I'm angry and I'm sober. It's cold in mid October and you'll be gone. When I get there, you'll be gone. When I get there, you'll be gone. You'll be gone. When I get there, you'll be gone. When I get there, you'll be gone.